Any Parts Podcast, your source for in-depth discussions about the world of golf for the everyday golfer. We're your hosts, Randy Duran and Ryan Munoz. On this episode, we'll be discussing our worst rounds on great courses, our best rounds on muni courses, how to decide between adding a hybrid versus a long iron to your bag, and we'll check in on the Women's U.S. Open. Stay tuned after the break. All right, welcome to the podcast. Um, first agenda item today, um, worst rounds on great courses. Uh, this was actually a really good topic you brought up uh, in our last our last discussion, and I've been dying to see what you put. So if you wanted to go ahead and start, please go ahead. Okay, um, let's see. Let's start on what really was the, the, the worst round, uh, and that would be <laughs> Father's Day at uh, Bayonet, and that's actually wrong. Bayonet and Black Horse, mm-hmm. this was on Black Horse. Okay, gotcha. Uh, went and had a absolutely great rain session at uh, the Ash Crack of Dawn. You know how Ave is. He likes to play real early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you, it was there at, at the facilities of Black Horse and Bayonet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great yeah, driving but, range. Yep. Um, ripped it. Ripped some, ripped my hybrid, ripped my driver. Problem, early in the morning, your boy got a little too amped up on uh, on caffeine. Had a <laughs> cup of coffee prior to leaving. Had a cup of coffee from Santa Cruz on the way down there. Um, and then I think hitting the ball so well on the range got me so juiced to play, <laughs> right? So I step up to the first tee. It's a par five there. And I completely topped my drive. Just like I felt like my, my swing was in fast motion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... And that just was... You were out there just trying to... You were thinking that you are just going to crush it. Oh, I thought I was going to just destroy Ave on Father's Day, right? I I was fresh off of playing really well for like a couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, post-COVID shutdown. And boy, it, it just was... A, it, it never turned around either. Uh, that course is the shorter of the two. Probably having played Bayonet twice and that one once, mm-hmm. I think it's probably the easier of the courses... Um, but it puts some, some, it, there's some holes that are, uh, that, that leave, you can go aggressive and you can go conservative. Right. And I was playing terribly and I just went aggressive and that just further backfired. So, uh, I end up getting out of there a 95 with a, you know, a couple nice putts that I could take away, but mm-hmm. no confidence. Um, I don't know what happened. It was just one of those. I think I was what just do you think, too. What do you think caused it? Too amped up, too much caffeine. Mm-hmm. One, um, I. It's interesting, you know. It, you always hear the sports phrase of like the game moves in slow motion for him, and, and golf. I can think back to like my. I guess my best rounds. I never feel like anything's moving in slow motion for mm-hmm. me, but I know when I'm playing golf bad, I feel like everything is 100 miles per hour, mm-hmm. and I lose my tempo. Like even like when you like address the ball, I addressing feel the you're, just, you're so you're so at least for myself, it's like you're trying to hurry up and get get a good shot in, and so you're like rushing it because you don't want to even live and you're not, with the bad yeah, shot. You're not anymore. even focused on the shot, right? Yeah. You're thinking, just like you said, you're thinking about what the shot looks like versus just sitting back, picking your line. Um, you know, I've come to find checks in in playing a little bit more when, I, when the game gets fast like that. I always think, A, I look at my grip first. 
Uh, I think it's no coincidence that I've also become a better golfer and I've got these kind of little checks in when right. I'm playing like absolute dog crap. A, uh, a lot of uh, instructors, they call it ammo for when you're on the course. So the more lessons you get, the more knowledge you have on knowing what you're doing and what the cause of that is. So you get on the course, you have like a quick fix for it because you know what you're doing. And the more you, you learn that way, the quicker you can fix it on while you're playing. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, this day was not, it was not in the cards. I birdied a hole in the front nine. I thought I had something going. And then I think I went right back into like a tr double or triple bogey, lost my next tee shot. So it was just a rough day. Um, and, and it, a real letdown. Fun to play on Father's Day with your dad, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, dad wins that round for sure. Uh, Avery kicked my ass with a little hybrid out there. And you perfect, had, perfect course to for the hybrid. Have a hybrid. <laughs> and, and you had uh, you had a new driver too, didn't you? No, no. I was still rocking. Um, I was still rocking the M1. So my okay. other what what you're seeing on there is my other probably worst round on a great course, and that's a real great course, but. No gotcha. disrespect to Black Horse and Dayanette. Those, no, that, those are awesome tracks. I that believe. would be the best. That, that would be one of the places I would love to get 36 in would be there just because. Yeah, both I mean, in the same day. Yeah. I mean, the greens The greens are tough. Um, I mean, I, I when we, we played, did we play Bayonet or did we play uh, Black Horse when we went down to Monterey together? We played Bayonet. Okay. And I just remember Bayonet out there, and the, the greens are pretty much the same on both courses. Yeah. I remember you and I both hit like a, a wedge onto the front edge of the green and watched it roll uphill um, about 30 yards. It was insane. Yeah, that's a great, uh, I mean, it's a great bargain course, really. Mm -hmm. it, it's a uh, hundred and I think a weekend rate, summer weekend rate, probably like 120 and, or something like that. But NCGA discount. That's your card included and it's well worth it. Um, well worth it. The, the the pace of play is great there. The facilities, like you said, are great. Mm -hmm. Plugging these guys. But no, it's a fun course. Um, but not to throw shade on on those two courses, rather. Right. Uh, I fired off a 92 at Spyglass and that, you know, that's a pretty that's good too, round. That's not too bad. Man, Spyglass is a very tough course and you, mm -hmm. you've you played there over the summer. So we, we actually played there within a couple of days of each other, that's right? right. Um, that's right. That's right. And that's where I was breaking in a new driver, which is probably not the best course to break a new driver in. Mm -hmm. But here's what I got to say of uh, Spyglass, right? I, I don't think I played that poorly there. It's long. It's called. We, we're neglecting it. We're calling it Spyglass. It's called Spyglass Hill. Yeah, that, that <laughs> son of a bitch is uphill. Everything the entire way. Um, yep. So it's essentially a club up nonstop. Uh, again, not a great place to work in a new driver. Um, <laughs> when, no, but especially one that you've since gotten rid of. And then uh, you know your those those courses there. Uh, I haven't played Pebble, but I'm sure it's like it. But Spanish, Poppy, Spyglass Hill, around the greens, you leave yourself, you know, you can hit a green in regulation, but you leave yourself on the wrong side of the green. And uh, unless you're a pro golfer, that's a, a for sure three putt. Yeah, I got to say Spyglass, um, I actually, when I played there, I was actually playing pretty well. But um, like you said, it's if you if long par fours are your thing, <laughs> Spyglass Hill golf, golf course. You can look him up. Um, <laughs> uh, I was actually when I was out there, the the par threes there are gorgeous, incredible. Uh, I think all of them. I think if any course, 
out there in Monterey um, has the best set of par threes of all, at least of all the Pebble Beach resort courses. I haven't played the the private courses out there, so I can. Well, you get you, you get kind of the combo of everything, right? Mm-hmm. You get you've got the the first you've got the first one. You've got the first one, which is uh, going out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then the whole course, kind of after I want to say hole six, goes back inwards towards yeah. the towards the the forest. And then you got those ones on the back nine, which are the clear masters uh, replicas. And yeah, the replicas, and those things are sweet. They're beautiful. Uh, I, I remember just sitting there, just taking pictures of it. Couldn't believe how nice they are. The way balls funnel on mm-hmm. those holes too, towards the the cool ass little ponds. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, a 92 there, not the worst round. Um, but again, uh, my biggest takeaway on those, those greens are punishing. Um, I can think of, I want to say the signature hole, it's, uh, par four with the long kind of bacon green that goes yeah. out towards the ocean. Pivotal mistake in the round. I, 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 uh, Hit one of my only good drives of the day there. I had mm-hmm. a good drive there. I had a good drive on 18, and then I could probably, I probably should just hit my hybrid the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't out of play, honestly. You know, I was able to get around the course, but yeah, I was just, t- I that driver sucked. I, I so I could get no distance. Anyways, mm-hmm. back to a pivotal mistake off on that bacon strip green, mm-hmm. lion two, uh. Hole is way downhill towards the ocean on the other side. And uh, I was confident in my chipping game, chipping well. I chipped and not a bad chip, uh, but just, <laughs> just just took off running on that thing. Uh, again, not a bad chip, right? I knew I set up my checkpoint, kind of hit it to where I wanted to, just did not anticipate the rollout that I was going to get. And then... Left it, you know, short-sided on the other side of the pin, coming back up the hill from the rough. Did not hit a good, <laughs> did not hit a good one there. But that's kind of the idea of that court. That's what that whole round was to me. It was good shots. I was kind of, I like I said I hit greens, but the wrong side of the green. Next thing I know, I'm three putting or that like that kind of disaster. Again, it wasn't a bad chip. It wasn't like a flubbed one. Those it, those it, tough courses, those courses, um, your short game isn't. A, you can't take your short game for granted. Like you have to dial that up because. You know, on, on the slower greens or the way that, you know, the muni courses that we play a lot, you can, there's room for error. You're not going to, you know, a little bit of a mistake isn't going to make you pay quite like the courses um, out there in Monterey for sure. Yeah. Here's a thought, right? Combining the two uh, stories together, maybe time better spent at the nicer course chipping and putting versus mm-hmm. even going out to the range and hitting balls. That's true. That's uh, true. If you're in a slam... And, and quick on time, just getting that feel. Um, yeah. We all know we can hit a driver in a seven iron. That's true. That's true. All right. Let's go to you. Yeah. We had, uh, I had a very eventful um, COVID uh, golf season, I guess you could call it, because um, on my honeymoon, I got to play, that's when I got to play Spyglass. But shortly before that, um, I got to play Pebble Beach and I was practicing every single day. I went to the range every single day. I was specifically working on the shot for uh, number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'm reading up on the course. You're trying to knock something down. I huh? was, I, I, I was like, the first time I play this hole, if I get a hole in one, that'll be like that. Honestly, that thought went through my head, which is fucking ridiculous. I can't believe that I even let that entertain that thought. And so, um, the main thing about Pebble that you don't realize until you actually go out there and play it is the greens are tiny. They're super small. So I feel like a giant out there, you know, and it's like, you know, you walk across the green in like six paces. It's, it's crazy because of how huge the backdrop is. Yeah. And then you see that and when you get on the greens they are super tiny. We've well, got the ultimate backdrop where right? you get the yeah. entire Pacific Ocean yes. staring you down. Yes, exactly. And a little postage stamp that you're trying to hit into. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I, I played all right. Uh, I didn't drive the ball well on, on the first two holes. And then I hit a, I cut the corner on three and, uh, had a, a legitimate birdie putt there that was probably like eight feet or whatever. And that was the only time on the front nine where, um, you know, I felt kind of in control on one of the holes. And, um, the, the, the main thing for myself at least was, I was a ball of nerves on the first, from the first tee all the way until probably the fifth hole. Um, and it's, it's just something else when you're out there, like, you know, we were the, our, our tee time was seven. No, it was like six forty. Um, it was super early. That's great so, though. Early summer. I, I'd say that's the best time to be out there. Yep. No wind. And then we went hopefully, to, but, yeah, but we, way yep. less chance. There was no wind. wind all day. We, we actually had a, a perfect day. Um, we went to the driving range and the driving range is like the, the, the facility up there obviously is top notch. It's, it's fucking Pebble Beach. Um, so we went from there. I was striping it well there. I was ready. Like, like you said earlier, I, you know, I was ready. I was ready to go. Um, the number one hole, you don't hit driver. It's like a long iron or a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And the, the big, yeah, dog, dog leg, leg right to the right. And I was shaking because I was like, <laughs> damn, you know, this, sh- this, this one swing is like, eight bucks, <laughs> you know, cause it's so expensive to play out there. And you just like, you know, it was, it was me and my dad. It was a very special day. Um, and so I was just a ball of nerves for, for five holes. Um, I hit a couple good drives, missed greens. Uh, but the main thing is when I got to seven, that shot I've been practicing for a whole week, uh, I put two into the Pacific Ocean <laughs> and, and, and not even close. Like they all went long. Like I hit. Uh, all right. So let's, let's go deeper into it. What, mm-hmm. if you can remember from what you would call, uh, what was the yardage that you got? And yeah. then what was, uh, what was the club choice? I, I think it was 85 yards and you're like 30 feet up. And I went with an approach wedge just because I thought that the, the, the air was going to be heavier. Yeah, right. early in the morning, early in the ocean morning. course, little, and, probably a little marine layer. Yep, and I didn't want to be short. Well, I definitely was not short. Both went into over into the <laughs> ocean. It, and I felt bad until I went and looked for you know where my ball might have went out, and there was hundreds of golf balls oh, in the I'm rocks sure. behind there. Listen, 80 yards is... I should have just hit a sandwich. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. 80 yards is a tough distance with 30 feet of elevation. We, um, we played with a, a father and his daughter, and they both like they both hit their lowest, their shortest club, and both nailed the green. So I should have. Uh, I mean, that's what I was gonna go. say. On a non-windy day, if you had a 60 degree, you could almost just go full bore, yeah. right? But then. With the elevation of the hole, you never know, right? That thing can get caught up. And like you said, you don't want to be short on that hole. Yep, uh, yep. 
I want. I honestly was trying to hit a hole in one. You can't be short on an eighty yard hole. It's just not for the mental. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, other than that, the, the greens were just really difficult to read too. Uh, yeah. I mean, anytime that you're dealing with um, like mountains and the ocean, like in Hawaii, this happens a lot. Yep. Yeah. Um, even out here in San Francisco, it happens a lot because you're on hills. Presidio. Presidio. Yeah, biggest. And then the ocean. And I just couldn't read the greens. I'm not a pro green reader. And, you know, the greens aren't crazy undulated. They're relatively... They look relatively easy, but I was just, I just couldn't get a read. Um, but that was, I mean, that was pretty much it. Ended up with an 85, and I know that's, you know, woe is me on that, but I pl- actually played better on the back nine. Um, I had like a six-hole streak there with, with a bunch of pars. I didn't make any birdies, um, but, you know, that's, that's just kind of how it went. Yeah. Um, conversely, though, my... Um, Best round on a municipal course. Uh, there's a bunch of contenders for that because we play munis all the time. There's nothing wrong with playing in muni. That's probably where we belong playing for the most part. Um, but we have a few that we play frequently. And I think the one I'm going to choose for the best round that I've had is going to be at Sharp Park when I shot an 80. Even though I've had better rounds on other municipal courses... Just because Sharp Park is, uh, you know, difficult to, it's the conditions that make it challenging. And I think you can agree on this. 100%. <laughs> uh, it, it's the, the easiest of the, I, I essentially had three. I had Peacock Gap out here in San Rafael, Manteca Golf Course in the Central Valley and Sharp Park. Peacock and Manteca are at least taken care of. Sharp Park not, it's rough out it, there. It's rough. And uh, so you can play as well as you want, but the greens are going to... You know, yeah. I always like to say sharp is a summertime course. Yeah. Uh, specifically, it's like uh, April to September. Mm-hmm. After September, you got to put that guy up on the shelf. Yeah. Um, but even then, yeah, it, the conditions can make it very challenging. Um, it is... It, Mostly, I mean, obviously the greens, right? You never know mm-hmm. what you're going to get, the speed-wise, uh, and then kind of the consistency of it, right? We've played there a bunch, and we've seen them where they're, they're fast, and we've seen them where they're slow. Um, we played it several times a month, and the pin's in the exact same spot. Yeah, yeah. It's a gem of a course, um, <laughs> and and I'm going to touch on it too, but the uh, it's... You know, I think I think that's part of Sharp's allure, right? Is that it's it it is kind of Caddyshack esque, if I can find a term for it. You know, um, it, it's it's got that kind of feel. Old clubhouse, our favorite dude, Chris Kringle of golf, uh, that's that's up there, net letting you know, sending people off, no rules. There's for sure no marshal, uh, <laughs> and. At the same time, it's a uh, Alistair McKenzie designed course, so you've got you've got history, you've got. Uh, just I mean, and that's why we play that course is is pretty much the history. Like they, that was like the original poor man's pebble before Pacific Grove, right? They had the the holes along the uh, the coast there. Obviously, they don't have those anymore. Um, but that's like the allure of that place. It's, it's historical. It's been there, you know. Almost a hundred years, or or a hundred years. It, 
it, it, it definitely is. So you got to You fired off an 80 there. You're saying that's your best round dog track condition based on the conditions, right? right. Those greens are a crap shoot. Yep. So while we're on Sharp Park, because I have that on my list and then I want to kind of pivot into uh, – we both got a lot of the same courses on our yeah. list, so another yep. kind of little topic off that. But and mine is a round that never was, and I, I actually went through this week and looked through my scorecard on it from eighteen <laughs> birdies, and there's a lot of topics kind of wrapped up in this. So uh, it was Sharp Park on six three, so June third. I want to say that was a Wednesday. Uh, in fact, I know it was a Wednesday. This was a big day for us. And uh, I get out there at about four, do my thing, right? Uh, and I get kind of backed up at uh, – I'm actually going to pull the uh, scorecard up. But I get backed up at there's, – there's a par three on the front that's a ridiculous par three. And it, it's just narrow and long and it always causes pace of play issues. And so uh, I got stuck up there and then I got paired with some guys. But basically this round I grinded through uh, the first about six, seven holes. I didn't play too well, some bogeys. And like you said, you can hit greens and reg and think you're going to score out at sharp and uh, that can change quickly Mm -hmm. uh, with the speed of the greens where you can hit some sort of bumps. All right, here we go. Now we got it. And um, so we get through there. These guys join me. I'm playing with the men's club president. I'm playing with the cabinet <laughs> of the men's club. Prez, <laughs> vice prez, secretary. They're all our dad's age. Cool dudes. Um, and I'm a little – and the good players, right? Some good, good older dudes that can strike the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I throw some bogeys up um, and we get to hole eight – and there's the the moment, the COVID ace. So hole eight, we'll set that up. That's yeah, th- the, that, that's about like a ninety yard, yeah, five yard. So it, it's interesting how these all work. That's the eighteen handicap. So the easiest hole mm-hmm. on the course, little ninety yard, ninety five yard uh, par three. I think I had just bought a fifty six, so I finally had a club for that uh, hole because mm-hmm. that's in between distance for me. My 56 now, I kind of just keep in that 90 range. Um, anyways, hit it. Good shot. My boys start going crazy. We all, uh, I see it go. The The hole was kind of in between those trees. Historically, a hole that I don't really... Was it really, front, front pin, middle pin, back pin? Middle, middle, kind of front middle. Gotcha. Um, historically, for a lefty, I get that big tree coming over, so it doesn't mm-hmm. work out too well for me. I drew a ball in. And uh, this thing hits really close. We all see it bounce off the lovely COVID pool noodle. Yep. Uh, and then so the dudes are going crazy. I'm like, shit, I don't know. Let's go look, uh, right? Yeah. We go up there. We look. I send you guys a text. And, of, I saw the, and I saw the picture. I mean, physics, right? I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I'm, my, my, my career is rooted in physics and kinematics. Not that I'm a fucking expert at that, right? Mm-hmm. But divot very close to the flagstick, ball shot off like a pinball bumper, like, mm-hmm. like you would expect it. Um, and then my guy, I don't know what his name was, the most overweight of the crew. Sorry, brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he had made it a point <laughs> that he'd just gotten, LASIK surgery from 49ers eye doctor, Dr. Scott Hiver. That's V, he, as in vision. <laughs> and he said, quote, 
I saw that motherfucker bounce off there. Get the kid, give the kid an ace. Let's go get drinks. <laughs> uh, so that all happened. Um, that was awesome, right? Ace. At this time, it's probably like, I don't know, six something. So that gives you an idea of kind of sharp park. It's, it's, uh, very slow on the front that that part three where I joined up with these guys because I went out initially as a single so mm-hmm. they caught me um so we played together and we're still weren't even through fucking nine holes mm-hmm. right we're there um I birdie or I aced that all juiced not the craziest ace right it's a 90 yard hole so uh but whatever the f- the first of our crew to get an ace even though again it's a it's a covid ace there's there's the asterisk but How, well I have I have I have to validate this because you show me the picture it looks the ball bounced in front of the hole okay yeah and it bounced so close to the pin that there is no way that it didn't hit the noodle and um the the usga came out like a week later and said that's an ace so that's a governing body of of amateur golf and so basically that's all you need. And we had the three the my, I had the three amigos, the club aficionados out there. They were doing it was it was a fun it was fun throughout the rest of the round. These guys were awesome. I felt like they made me feel like a youngster. I'm a I'm a grown ass man. I'm I was 30 32 at the time. And uh, this one dude kept going around calling me the kid and just telling everyone we passed, "Hey, kid just aced 8." <laughs> <laughs> But perhaps awesome. more impressive than the ace was following up on nine uh, for an amateur golfer. More mm-hmm. impressive than the ace alone is following up nine uh, with the birdie, right? Oh. So I'm stepping up to the tee. Eagle birdie? I'm stepping up to the tee box and I'm like, don't be that guy. Don't get a, a, a fucking ace and then just blast one off into the left or right, which I've been on that hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the best tee shot out into those trees off left. Okay. Got a great break. Uh, and that's why I call this again, the round that never was because things start shaping up and I really began to think about this over this week. But Mm -hmm. so I I hit my second shot. I hit my hybrid out of which again, we're going to touch on hit my hybrid out of, uh, I was out of, uh, like, you know, the pine straw, mm-hmm. but I had a wide open shot, right? Because right. that whole, the way that hole sets up is it kind of dog legs off to the left a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could go out from the left side and then play in. So I hit a great, excuse me, hit a great um, hybrid, stick a wedge close, tap in birdie. I'm like, nice. Fuck, let's go, birdie. Uh, right at, that, after, at that point, what's your score? So, so I get in on nine at a 39. Um, with an ace and a birdie, and I'm sorry. Damn. Right, so I uh, I had a couple pars. I bogeyed. My only double was the hole that these guys met me on was par, the par three that jams everyone up. Oh, long God, one, right? Yeah. So I, I posted a five there. I so hate I'm, that hole. So I'm at a 39. That's five. We get to 10, the hardest hole. Uh, played that hole great, parred it. Then we, we start going back. We go, I go bogey, uh, Bogey, bogey, and then we ended on 13, which is the par five, kind of going back into the clubhouse. So mm-hmm. I started at four. Uh, the front nine took forever. So it's sundown, right? Uh, and that's again, so I'm, I'm two bogeys, two pars, and I got four, I've got five holes to play, and four of which are like my go to holes at mm-hmm. Sharp. 
Uh, 14, I don't like, but when I've put, and I've played sharp a lot, uh, 16 or 15, 16, 17, 18, those are my holes. Yeah. I, I can normally count on. I was on, just going to say, like, it, it's a, it's a bummer that you didn't get to play those because those are, I mean, those uh, are, those are short they're par gettable. fours. They're, they're gettable. It's driver wedge, driver you wedge. You got the, you got the par three over the, 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 yeah. uh, the environmental area, mm-hmm. which is, is, is a great it's usually hole. Usually a nine or an eight. And iron. it's not that hard of right. a hole. Uh, and then, yeah, those two, the seawall hole, mm-hmm. that one's tougher. The green's tough, but 17, I feel like I should have a look at birdie every, every time. time. Yeah. Uh, and then 18, the same because it's so long. Your tee shot doesn't have to be that good of a shot. And yep. then you've, you've got uh, a pretty easy hole if you leave yourself set. Yeah. So I didn't break 80 over the summer or over this entire year, but I think that round would have came damn close. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The only time I've, uh, the best round I ever, I ever put up there is all about playing those par threes. And the par threes there, there's, there's two of them that are tremendously long. Um, and for a while I had a three wood and, uh, I tried to hit, you know, you try to hit three iron, um, on some of these really long par threes, but you know, one of them is right into the wind or whatever. And right now all I have is a three iron, um, cause I got rid of the, the three wood and my driver. So yeah. like I'm in between right now deciding between, you know, do I get a driving iron for that, those types of holes? Because we just played Fleming, uh, Fleming, the Fleming nine out here, um, at Harding park. And I feel like those types of courses, they, um, you know, it's all long par threes. That's what makes them, you know, challenging. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't have a club for that. I have a three, I have a three iron. I hit about two fifteen, and then I have my driver. And right now I'm in between deciding, do I get a driving iron or do I get a hybrid? And, you know, you just recently got a hybrid. So what made you decide to get one? And, you know, how did you go about purchasing one or getting fitted right. for one? These are great. I did not get fitted from a hybrid. Okay. What made me get a hybrid is uh, we segue it back to that, uh, I believe that Father's Day round where I got fucking stroked at uh, Bayonet or at Black Horse, rather. Um, Avery whooped my ass with a hybrid up and down, just striping, striping the ball, uh, with a three hybrid. And I think I went on and I got a, I, I got a, uh, Father's Day discount, like an asshole. I bought myself a Father's Day gift <laughs> on, uh, and I'm not a father, or I bought myself a gift on Father's Day. I got my, I paid for my dad's round at Black Horse, mm-hmm. uh, and I got him other shit too, so suck it um <laughs> but anyways after he smoked me with the uh with the with the hybrid was when i decided i was like man maybe i should get one of those right <laughs> um and so i just ordered one and it's been a pretty solid club for me um i here's in your exact dilemma right i would say i don't think you should really be concerned with a par three course long par threes and making your decision mm-hmm. on the long iron hybrid. I think, I think you should get a hybrid because I, I think they're a little more. So what I've noticed with my hybrid, right? You can hit that thing from anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can hit it off straw, off like wood chips. Okay. It's amazing. The contact. That's been my main thing. It's amazing. Yeah. The contact you get out of the rough. Uh-huh. Uh, 
it's an awesome club to go to off the tee. You're not, you're pretty consistent with your driver, but for someone like myself that can be a little bit more shaky with the driver, although hopefully that shouldn't be an issue now that I have a new driver, mm-hmm. um, but prior, right? I wasn't scared to go hit hybrid off a tee and you've seen me hit hybrid off a tee and be just fine, right? Yeah, right. Um, but so, so it's a, it's a very versatile club and that's where I think why I think I would suggest to you to get the hybrid. Okay. Um, you get kind of you got more room for growth because you hit your three iron really well so if you get a two iron i mean it's just going to give you a little bit more yardage i feel like right yeah uh it's still not a club that you you want to hit out of the rough too often i would think that's true uh there's a reason they call those motherfuckers rescues, bro. Okay. They, yeah. Those things cut. That's through. what I was gonna ask. Like, they, like when do you hit it? So, like, I mean, you're saying that it, it's good out of the rough. It's it's good out. I mean, can you hit like, like punch out shots with it? Like, so I don't hit punch shots with it. If I'm gonna punch, uh, use a long iron. I'm gonna use like my five iron. Okay. Yeah, I, that's my go to punch. But if you're in some thick rough, like, cause I, when I got, I didn't know. I've never hit a hybrid, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. I, I was kind of teeing up like, or not teeing up, but setting up like a wood. And then, uh, I read, or I think even Mo told me, you know, he's like, dude, set up. It's, you just set up like an iron, right? You don't set up like a wood. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, and then I was like, well, he goes, what, or I said, what about the, in the, in the rough? Like the same thing is, yeah, just, just hit it. He goes, it's going to go through and it, it, it's crazy. You would, you wouldn't think. You would think a, a, a blade club would go better through the rough, right? right. Like mm-hmm. a, there's less surface area, yeah, and versus the, the the back. But what I don't know how it works. Uh, it's those things are forgiving. There, again, I think you got more room for for the, to to work with. I don't think you gain as much from getting a two iron as as you would if if you get a three hybrid. Yeah, and even though you have your three iron, like you said last week, you can still have a three hybrid. Uh, it goes further with a hundred percent, yeah. dude. Those things, those and the new like, I didn't get fitted for mine. I just got a, uh, I think a M six tailor made because it was on special. Mm-hmm. Uh, hundred and thirty bucks, three hybrids, like a nineteen degree. Love that thing. Excellent. That- what I have done, I haven't punched out with it. What I have done a couple times, I've chipped off the side of the green with it too. How's that worked out? Um, I just feel like I, I honestly, I've tried. I've tried to be honest. Uh, I only did it because I was drunk at Sharp Park and I was playing with this old time dude. Uh, remember, I told you I'd play with that lefty. And, oh, that's and right. He was like an old timer, and he was doing it with a, a seven wood, and he was hitting some cool shots. So I just was fucking around and trying it. Yep. I would never do it on the course <laughs> in a real round. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Because I'm getting fitted next week on the on the sixteenth, and I'm going to try the- for a, for specifically a hybrid. I'm gonna I'm gonna try the TaylorMade P790 UDI two iron, and I'm gonna try the uh, TaylorMade Sim Hybrids. Um, Sim Hybrid. Another thing that made me want to get a hybrid too is I watched all the TaylorMade guys, the team TaylorMade, when they were hitting the sim, mm-hmm. and it's like I think it's Rory and Jason Day. And they're just fucking smoking this thing. And like, they're like fighting over it, right? And they both don't have hybrids because no one, it's funny because no one wanted to hit the hybrids. We're, you know, we're borderline old dudes now. I think Rory has Uh, a one, three, and a five uh, wood. Right. Yeah. You know, we're 
on the in golf, we're still young dudes. Right. Uh, in life, we're now you know we're, we can't run with the young bucks anymore. No, um, nope. But I still this the hybrid came with the stigma of like an old dudes club or right. you know like I think a Webb Simpson who's got eight hybrids in his bag. And yeah, I just, he's, just that's not cool. He's got thirteen hybrids in a. Putter. You know what else isn't cool is just hitting your irons like shit too, right? That's true. So that's true, <laughs> and, that, and that and that's the thing. Like I mean, I can probably count the amount of times I've hit like my three iron, two hundred plus yards onto a green like on two hands, and that's it. That's a hard shot. So if it's going to be something that's a lot easier to hit, I mean, you know, I can hit my uh, my middle irons to my low irons pretty well. I can hit my long irons off the tee well, but after that, it's much more difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, one other thing I wanted to discuss with you was obviously the 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 biggest game in town right now is the Women's U.S. Open. And, um, part, myself particularly, I haven't watched too much women's golf, um, until this year because, you know, there's literally, you know, there's nothing else to do, not taking any, anything away from these, from these women that are out there playing because they're fantastic. Um, I've mainly watched them to, um, you know, learn about swing tempo, watch how they swing because, like you said, that's more realistic to how you and I play. And so this week, um, you know, they pushed their, their, the U.S. Women's Open, um, out to December. Uh, it's out at the Cypress Club in Houston. Mm-hmm. And it's also, uh, they're splitting the first two rounds between the Cypress Club and Jackrabbit. The Jackrabbit, right? Jackrabbit yep. course. Yep. And, um, it's been actually really exciting. Um, the women's tour right now has a bunch of talent and, some really, they, I mean, they have some legends out there competing with the young gals and the young gals out there competing with, you know, and it's just been really, it's been really exciting to watch. Um, so, I mean, I'm interested, you watch, it's, you watch, you so, watch the LPGA tour more than me. Yeah, so I'm interested I, to see I, I love your, your first point there. And that's, I've, I've watched LPGA probably for a couple of years now. Right. Uh, and I, I, it's, I learned so much from, Watching these gals, they crush the ball, right? And like mm-hmm. you said, their swing tempo is is uh, there. There's something to be said for for someone. I think for really most amateur golfers, right? We struggle with tempo, and you know, you hit a good ball, and then you're trying to amp up and just rip it further. Mm-hmm. And that these uh, women, they they hit it incredibly straight. They they now there's there's gals out there that hit it long, um, and and they're very skilled. Uh, so, so I think it's it's very it's fun to watch again as an amateur golfer. I think it compares a little bit more to our game because I can't crush the ball three sixty on the fly, mm-hmm. right? I can occasionally get into a good drive and I pump it out there, you know, two seventy five, two eighty, which yeah. the best people, the best on the LPGA are hitting that consistently. Right. Um, the Corda sisters who are on golf. Uh, I want to say Golf Digest, whatever golf magazine, mm-hmm. uh, which is very cool, great for the the ladies' game. They are within like a couple yards of each other, and their average is like two seventy three, mm-hmm. um, and they smoke the ball. But so yeah, they're 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 very skilled. Uh, that's what I think is probably the coolest of having this so late. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that it's not as cold as it was last week because they were playing in Texas and Dallas, and it was like freezing ass cold. Um, Everyone had like gloves and, and like, you know, fucking earmuffs on. Um, yeah. 
So they look like they got a little bit of better weather. I would think, right, just I was kind of thinking of this when I was at the shop today, maybe not so late of a start. Mm -hmm. I like the attention, right, because you've got four majors in ladies golf. you got British Open, U.S. Open. Right. Uh, and then you've got the Evian and you've got K KMPG, which I don't think people even know those. Uh, no. So I say you move this U.S. Open back to maybe – September, right? PGA PGA championship is is now early, correct? Yeah. yeah. Maybe even August. Yeah. That's LPGA, I think that, LPGA, get me on as your scheduling guy. That's the answer because August is no football. So right. you know your Sunday's not gonna get uh, um screwed up by football, right? right? And and all you've got is baseball, it's the dog days of baseball, everyone's sick of watching their baseball team by that point. Yep. Show me some show me some of the top gals. Um, I, I totally agree. I, I think, uh, and I know, screwed up. I had to fact check myself. It's not the KMPG. It's the ANA inspiration. Okay. It, 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 honestly, it's weird hearing a sponsored tournament being a major. Like, in yeah. The, in the PGA, PGA tour, it doesn't exist. Well, dude, I mean, the, they're, they're, uh, you know, on the same kind of boat as like the, the, the U.S. women's national soccer team, right? They're fucking ballers, but these girls get paid a lot less. For sure. Uh, and, and they should be getting paid more. And I think that what you're saying, that would actually help with that because if they're, you know, prime time, you know, essentially the only show in town when they, with a major coming up, more people are inclined to watch yep, it. Yep. hundred percent. I mean, uh, like right now, do they have, and I haven't, I haven't looked at this, but I feel like they have, their their majors or at least the, the women's US Open um is really close to the when the men's usually is. Yeah. On, on the normal they're, schedule. They're they're pretty much in line for the, the British and and the, the US Open. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I feel uh, like the ANA is a little bit earlier in the season, I wanna mm. say. Um but uh, yeah, I or maybe it's the Evian. I get those two, both of those two confused. But yeah, they got to get some more exposure. I think that's like you can't watch the this. The past two days um, have been great. It's U.S. Open golf, man. You're seeing girls hit great shots, and that ball fucking rolling off the green into some rough with a terrible chip coming up next, right? Yeah. I mean, you get that. Uh, even homeboy said it, Dan Hicks. You get that knocking sound when the ball hits the green and you're like oh man yep right next to the pin that thing just skirts off or just dude watching uh, i watched both rounds uh and that, that's i mean i'm watching uh lexi thompson out there who's a veteran on, on the tour and she's looking like you know myself uh hitting balls six feet seven feet ten feet past the cup yeah trying to dial in these greens i did notice that the uh uh the jackrabbit course is shorter, and it seemed like the uh, the women were having more success so, getting close to, getting close to the pin because they were hitting driver wedge or you know low iron instead of like uh, at the the cypress course that was more it, it's longer. So uh, here's I'm not sure I believe they kept because this is the first time and I think for any major if I'm correct mm -hmm. that they've done two courses right it's right. got to be the first for us. I think they left because it's winter time and you can get away with it. Mm -hmm. I think they left the pins the exact same on each course. Right? Yeah, so that's fair. Flip flopping. Yep. Um, again, that's why I should be planning stuff. August, you do this right. You got enough daylight, so you don't have to have two courses. But yeah, it seemed like the Jackrabbit course was the er, the the better of the courses. I'm not sure what the gal who's leading. She's up. 
So I mean, I, we still I, got I, carnage, I, right? We got a lot of high scores. Lexi didn't make the cut. One yep. of my favorites, Nellie Corda, didn't make the cut. But Nellie's coming off injury. Gotta give her some love. She's coming off an injury. She she's not fresh. This is her, I think her first tournament back off injury. So. Yep. Uh, and she also should have won the ANA Inspiration, but they hosed her with that whole backstop thing. Um, yeah, and and one interesting thing that I took away from it too was the top ten in the tournament right now. You got two amateurs in the top five. There's two amateurs in the top five. They're in the top three. There's two amateurs in the top three, but you got a lot of Americans dominating. The, the, the top ten, all of them played. The Jackrabbit course yesterday. Ah. And so there was, and so today, all everybody that's in the top 10 played the Cypress course today. And so, I mean, it, it looked a little windier today than it did yesterday. From that, and uh, I don't know if it rained this morning. I knew that rain was coming in, and I saw when I was watching it, there was rain on the course. So I think that playing the longer, more difficult course in the wetter conditions actually was a benefit for a lot of these folks that are at the top of the leaderboard here. Yeah, especially, you know, a U.S. Open course, right? Mm -hmm. Stuff's you can hit a fairway and it's going to roll through, right? Your shot's going into the green. So the the wetter course might, you know, help slow things down a little bit. And from what I saw, I didn't get as, uh, I didn't get to watch as much of it today. Again, why they're hit. like why are you showing me the shootout today right i tuned I in at 10 30 i don't care about abraham answer and no. fucking so-and-so playing together no unless tiger's on that don't show me it or the, you know like the, the women's there's major no, there was no taken precedent. yeah there's no they had to move it up for weather was what okay that's that's right that's they right. had to move it up for weather but at the same time like if i had to pick one of the two to watch on delay it's not going to be the yeah, it's not going to be the women's major, major. championship. Yeah. I'm going to watch the delay of the pros that are playing a tournament that they don't even care about. Yeah, it's a three day tournament. Don't care. It's a three day tournament. It's yeah. not even like a tournament by their standards. And you have a partner. Like <laughs> I mean, that's not real PGA Tour golf. Like it's 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 entertaining. It's entertainment. You know, they want to see these guys teamed up. You know. Uh, all right. So it's Friday night. Even though this will come out later. Here's who. Let's see if uh, Moonstradamus can can. I don't even know who I'm going to call winning it, but who I want to win, right? If I look at it, I pick out, I see Lydia Ko, one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull for Lydia Ko. Uh, I'm going to pull for my girl Gabriella Ruffles, obviously, my new favorite. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going, I'm saying uh, two gals I like that could potentially come, come from behind here. Um, Brooke Henderson. Canadian Avery's favorite LPGA golfer, Canadian mm-hmm. girl. She honey dips like Mo. If you can, if you've never Ooh. seen her swing, it's like a female John watch Daly. Her swing. Yeah, she. So she. Um, they talk about her in the TPI course. Actually, she's a. She was an old. She's Canadian, so she was an OG uh, junior hockey goalie. So she's incredibly flexible and got this great hip dexterity. Nice. And she can fucking hit the shit out of the ball. Um, and then um, I gave. Those three I'm pulling for. I think Brooks got a good chance to win. Um, and if I'm looking, I'm going to say the young lady that, that was uh, killing it at the Masters. I like her attitude and she's a good player. Uh, Jennifer Cupcho. Oh, a couple I, years ago. That was going to be, that was going to be the one I picked. That was going to be my pick. Uh, I, I don't her. think, uh, sorry to cut you off. No. I don't think minus sevens holding. I think that, that girl's going to come back to life. I think you're going to, we're going to finish somewhere around maybe the, I don't know, minus five kind of area. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, go back I, to Cup Show. Sorry for cutting you off. No, it's all good. I was I, I was thinking Cup Show. Um, I'm not going to count count out Danielle King. Um, I know that, that that's an easy. I can't even believe I forgot her. One of my, um, another one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I mean, think I'm going to go with go with her um, as a dark horse kind of because she. I mean, she's obviously she's uh, trailing. Um, I think those going to be my two. Hey, how I, I would love to see an amateur win it. I would love to yeah, see Yeah, that would be very it. cool. That would uh, be very cool. In the men's game, um, you know, I haven't seen two amateurs at the top of the leaderboard like this, and I think it's just great for the game. More people are going to be interested to see an amateur four win. four in the, I think, like the top 20 yeah. kind of tied area. I think there's a lot more amateurs, and they kind of touched on this on the, the telecast yesterday. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot more amateurs in because... Of the qualifying issues with with COVID and stuff. That's yeah. More I don't know. Field. It's interesting. Again, if uh, hopefully the 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 uh, higher ups from the LPGA are listening to this, let's move this to August, guys. Yeah. Like then we don't got to deal with two courses and you know all these other things. Let's let's go and yeah. then send us some tickets. We'll cover it. We'll have a blast. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that I think that's a good stopping point there, man. I think this was great. Um, I can't wait to talk next week, and uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just leave it there. And we're excited to, to get together next week, and we'll see you soon. That does it for this episode of the Sandy Pars Podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us, and if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Join us next week as we discuss the upcoming Thomas Cowan Jingle Bell Invitational at Metropolitan Golf Links in Oakland, working through the chipping yips and a look back on our golf games of 2020. Lastly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at SandyParsGolf and visit our website, SandyPars.com, for a full library of podcasts and additional golf content like course reviews, reading guides, and more. Special thanks to our producer, Ryan Thiessen, and until next time, hit him straight. <laughs>